fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Habner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile What's going on? It's your boy, the Wolf of Roto Street, RotoStreetJail.com. We breed and feed you fantasy wolves. Here with my week four waiver wire pickups going into my top 10 guys. A handful more on top of that for honorable mentions. My defensive streamers, as always, all you need to know to dominate tonight, Tuesday night, live 7 p.m. Eastern time, every single Tuesday, YouTube, Facebook, wherever it is. And you can always catch the replay on the podcast if you prefer audio. But I know you might be saying that's not nearly as useful. So come on in. Come live and join. Figure out who you need to pick up. Last time we did this show, I was on the verge of an appendix bursting. So I am much more willing to answer your questions tonight. Please get them on in. Let me know any that you have. Any call-in questions will be taken and super chats, all that good stuff. But regular questions too. Happy to hit them all uh, as always. We'll dive in first. As the audience is growing and those thumbs up are coming in, so greatly appreciated to continue to help us to grow. Get out to more people. Those thumbs up do make such a big difference, so please consider doing that for us, Wolfpack, as you come on in. But let's talk about who you need to check for first. Chris Olave. Unbelievable two-week stretch that this guy's having. He is leading the league in air yards in back-to-back weeks. Over 603 air yards over these past two weeks. Over 300 air yards a week. That's just ridiculous. I know we don't get points for air yards, but consider he has 13 targets in back-to-back weeks, 80-plus yards in back-to-back weeks, went for a massive 100 over 147 yards, nine catches, so really realized what those air yards into some final great production. 23.7 PPR fantasy points, participated in 93% of the routes, 33% target share in back-to-back weeks, 40% air yards in back-to-back weeks. I mean, he is the Saints receiver you want right now. And that's crazy on a team with Jarvis Landry and especially with Michael Thomas. But he's out there, Chris Olave, in 66% of leagues. So whether this is a waiver wire pickup, you check. If he's out there, I I give up every last dime and I rip my shirt off and whatever else you need to go get this guy. But maybe you have him on your roster and you're wondering, what do I do moving forward? I lock him in as an every week wide receiver too from here on out. He's looked great and smooth after the catch. Unbelievable at getting open and creating space. And Jameis loves to sling it to him. He has by far the most valuable receiver role on the Saints right now. Chris Olave is an absolute monster. It's only going to get better too. The touchdowns are the one thing missing right now. It's great. The guy, lock him in, set, forget. He's one of those guys, no more sit start questions about him. Get him in in those lineups and feel very confident. Another one that you will be doing that with over the next couple of weeks, set and forget, is Jamal Williams, 62% rostered. He's been on this first checklist twice already this year and still remains out there in nearly 40% of leagues. DeAndre Swift is about to miss two, maybe more weeks. They have the bye week coming up after two weeks' absence, and Dan Campbell hinting that Jamal Williams could end up becoming the featured back with DeAndre Swift, potentially sitting those two weeks out. Even if that doesn't happen, just look at where this backfield's been trending. Last week, Jamal Williams had 61% of the attempts compared to only 21% 
for DeAndre Swift, according to PFF's data. Their snap share, Jamal Williams, 45% compared to 41% for DeAndre Swift. He ran 24% routes compared to, yeah, that's DeAndre Swift's role, 53% of the routes, but still also getting worked in to those receiving work downs as well. He's actually logged, in terms of short yardage and reception work, 56% of that, those money touches, if that's what you want to call them, over these last few weeks, the only back to touch the ball at the goal line since the season has started. It's it's the Jamal Williams show right now in short yardage situations. Our guy, Ian Harditz, who came on this summer, likened him to this year's James Conner, and it has come into fruition 100% given this touchdown equity he is now showing because this Lions team is top five in scoring right now, and I don't see them slowing down. They're going forward aggressively on fourth downs. They're pushing the pace throughout the games. So tons of touchdown equity for Jamal Williams, and that, again, is if Swift is playing. Now, if Swift is out these next couple of weeks, we've seen William shoulder 20-plus touch workloads when he was over with Green Bay and perform as a top 12 running back nearly every single time. I think this role is even more valuable in this Lions offense that is centered around getting these backs involved in the passing game too. So you bump up that receiving work. I, I think that James Conner comparison, think about what he did when Chase Edmonds missed time last year, right around 24 fantasy points per game. I would not be shocked at all to see Jamal Williams pushing 20 points a game should he become the feature back these next couple of weeks. And even without it, some huge standalone value. So uh, another guy similar to Olave before him, I would empty the entire bank to go pick up Jamal Williams if he's somehow out there in my league. Go make sure you check for him. Another one is Alexander Madison, 56% rostered. You guys know the deal here. If Dalvin Cook misses time, it sounds like he's not going to miss the game. Sounds like he's likely to play. But if he does, locked into a top five running back with Alexander Madison. He was the only back to touch the ball once Dalvin Cook left on Sunday. So even under the new regime, it is clear cut. He's the handcuff that you want in Minnesota. The only back that's probably going to touch the ball if Dalvin Cook misses that game. But let's now move on into your top 10 guys that are 50% or fewer rostered in your leagues. As we get into these again, we'll fact that thumbs up is so greatly appreciated to help us grow, get out to more people. So please consider, if you like what you're hearing, that thumbs up button. Get those questions on in. I see a few already. CJ should be pinning the call-in button in a minute. So get on in here, Wolfpack. I can't wait to answer your questions. I feel so much better than I did last week. This is Awesome to be back. We'll start at the top with Khalil Herbert. You miss out on those first check guys. Khalil Herbert, by far the number one guy this week, in my opinion, at under 50% rostered. He's 49% rostered on Yahoo. Bumped up to now about 30% roster on ESPN, but much better chance to go get him there. The number one running back of last week. A beastly performance with an early injury to David Montgomery, knee slash ankle. We don't know exactly how long he's going to be out. He's been labeled day to day, but it looked pretty rough. I imagine you're getting at least one week of a fill-in with Khalil Herbert. Now, that's why you can't go and bid just everything to get him. Because if you had four to five weeks, let's say, of Khalil Herbert, I would say another empty the bank candidate. But we don't know if it's even one week, never mind four to five. We'll find out more when they release the injury report tomorrow on Wednesday. But even still, we saw what Herbert can do. 20 carries, 157 yards, and two touchdowns in that week three win. Also having two catches for 12 yards. And that was what's a little more surprising was the receiving work. He ran over 60% of the routes, handling 67% of snaps, 70% of the rush attempts, and 68% 
route participation. Many thought, you know, maybe it's this Ebner kid would be a, a two-back committee. If something happens to Montgomery, no. It was a Khalil Herbert show. Again, nearly 70% of the work going to him in David Montgomery's absence. And obviously he thrived 30 fantasy points in the absence. Now he has finished Khalil Herbert as with David Montgomery out running back 40, meh, not great, like seven fantasy points, but otherwise running back 11, running back eight, running back 34 and running back one. When he has seen 10 plus carries, he's been a top 12 running back in three of those five games. And he's on pace for 1700 yards and 10 touchdowns in said splits. The guy is a beast. I mean, you look at any of the metrics that predict some solid running back performances, the breaking yards after contact, 4.82 yards after contact per rush right now for the 2022 season after this beastly performance. That's number one in the NFL. Nick Chubb is the only running back right now with more runs of 10 plus yards. And Herbert has 30 less carries than Nick Chubb. The guy has been thriving in explosive runs after the contact, the profile you want to see for your running backs. Fifth most elusive running back through PFF's grades through these first three weeks. The guy's just good. And he's looking at a massive workload if David Montgomery is missing time. And even if not, remember all these reports about how he was the better fit in the preseason, a better zone runner for this new scheme. Clearly showed on Sunday. Yes, Montgomery looked great in week two, and he's a good back in his own right. But maybe Herbert is better, and maybe the reins will get turned over to him regardless after this performance. Either way, should be in line for at least one start, maybe two. Beastly performer if he is. My number two waiver wire pickup of the week is Romeo Dubs of the Green Bay Packers at 27% rostered, a lot, lot more available for you potentially out there. Eight targets, hauls in all of them for 73 yards and a score in the Packers week three win over these Bucks. Unbelievable performance for so many reasons. One, the fact that he hauls in every single target he gets is going to get a enormous ground gained with Aaron Rodgers. And we know how crucial that is. We know Christian Watson, yes, he was out. So was Sammy Watkins, but especially Christian Watson, brutal drop in week one, does not seem to have Rodgers' trust. Watkins, can we ever count this guy onto the field? We have a clear path to the number one wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers, which has routinely yielded top 15, more often top seven fantasy stats. Dubs is no Devontae Adams, but Greg Casal, one of my favorite film guys in the game, compared him to an early career Devontae Adams coming in. The guy made plays all summer whenever he was used, and it's just a matter of getting him in there. Rob Domzowski, the ESPN beat writer for the Packers, saying he might be next in line for the number one receiver role, that is Romeo Dubs, in this Packers offense after his big blow-up performance. He ran 95% routes. That was number one on the team. And they clearly, Rodgers even saying after the game, we wanted to scheme and see what the kid could handle. You saw it, the first drive, three grabs on the opening drive, including that six-yard touchdown. So when he was used, he absolutely thrived. Big day for Romeo Dubs. And if this emerges with him being the number one guy for Aaron Rodgers, uh, what more upside could you ask for? So these two guys, Khalil Herbert, Romeo Dubs, both, in my opinion, worth $25, $30 bids. Because the upside is so astronomical. In particular, Dubs doesn't need an injury at this point. Watkins is on the IR, so he has at least two to three more weeks to continue to build this. And he was doing this against 
a Tampa Bay secondary that's been very locked down throughout this year. Jamal Dean, like good corners was this guy roasting Romeo Dubs, just as he did throughout camp against Jair Alexander and the great secondary of the Packers. Every time his number's been called, he's thrived, looking great. Definitely one of the top pickups you can make this week, Romeo Dubs for the Packers. Just below him, Russell Gage coming in with a massive day, 42% rostered. Go check if this guy's out there. 13 whopping targets. That's good for a 33% target share. And unlike just empty targets, 12 of them got hauled in for 87 yards in a score. That is a massive 26 PPR points for Russell Gage. Of course, you need the prefaces. Mike Evans was out for the suspension. Chris Godwin, hamstring, Julio Jones, knee. They had no one else to go to. But it was just great to see because last week they also had no one else to go to. Engage still remained quiet. It seemed like him and Brady were struggling to get onto the same page given that Gage missed a bunch of training camp. That doubt can be erased at this point. He was lined up in the slot for a ton of this game, which we know Brady loves to pepper. And we finally saw it all come to fruition here. Again, the only vein in that passing attack on Sunday. So yes, Evans is going to return this week. Godwin probably not far out, and who knows what the deal is with Julio at this point. But even still, Gage, as long as Godwin's out at least, will have that slot roll on lock. We again know how valuable that is for Tom Brady. We've seen him have some monster performances with Atlanta in the past too. These 20-point fantasy outings, it's not just like a a rare out-of-nowhere sighting here for Russell Gage. He was a monster hog once Calvin Ridley was out last year. He can certainly sustain it for however long Godwin's out. And even when he's back, this was the type of chemistry-building performance you want to see from the guy. So check and see. I think this Bucks attack is about to turn into full gear. So buying low on Bucks and finding whatever you can on the waiver wire is a great move. Another guy to get in on before he starts to take off is Michael Gallup. Obviously, we have not seen him yet this year, but he's inching closer. It seemed like he might come back this week, and I'm pretty happy they didn't. One, they didn't need him. And two, I'd rather see him just rest until Dak is back. And that sounds like real shot at week four. And if not, week five is a great possibility, according to NFL Network's Jane Slater. That's great news for this entire Cowboys offense, and especially Michael Gallup, who is rounding into form. They're taking it slow with their prized possession. The guy they chose over Amari Cooper this offseason, they decided to give the bag to Michael Gallup because of how much they believed in him. And so this makes me think, you know, we don't want to look at last year's number where he's the number three. And yeah, he did okay. He had plenty of top 24 weeks. But I look back at 2019 when he was the number two with Amari Cooper there. Last time Gallup was in that role with Dak and Kellen Moore, he was the wide receiver 18 in fantasy points per game, wide receiver 18 in air yards, played uh, 51% of his games. He finished in the top 24 in 2019 with Four blowups of 22 or more fantasy points, including a 30-point day. So huge ceiling, nice floor in 2019. And I think that's the role that they signed him to such a big contract to be in. C.D. Lamb, the number one. But is he that much of an alpha? Yeah, he's had a couple back-to-back pretty impressive days. But I don't know that Gallup is significantly far behind. Of course, health is the rub. Is he fully back? When will he be at 100%? Could he re-injure things? All of those are big risks with Gallup. But If he's in here, I think he's a lock for top 30 receiver status for your second half. Really, your second 75%, the next 75% of your fantasy season, you could be locking in a top and wide receiver three. That's really giving you wide receiver two numbers. You don't find that on your waiver wire very often. 
I do think Romeo Dubs has that upside if he emerges as the number one guy. That's why I have him a bit higher, just because the, the path to number one duties is clearer for him. But Gallup, we've seen it with him. There's a better track record. There's a higher floor. Definitely a guy that should be rostered in well over 70% of leagues, and he's out there uh, in only 30, you know only 35% rostered is just insanity. Wide receivers are definitely the big feature of this week, including Zay Jones, 11% rostered. So all the guys I've given you so far, decent chance they're already rostered, but a great chance Zay Jones at only 11% rostered is out there for you guys. 11 targets, calls in 10 of them, doing some real good damage in the intermediate range, goes 85 yards in a score, and a shocking win for the Jaguars over the Chargers. They are now seventh in total scoring. Trevor Lawrence is tops eight in any meaningful quarterback metric, looking just a reborn under Doug Peterson. You love to see it. It was clear that Urban Meyer was the Achilles heel. Nobody was going to argue that, but there's no real debate now. Was was Lawrence going to be a bust regardless? No. The guy is legit. He has a legit NFL play caller finally molding an offense to his strengths, and it is thriving. And a huge part of that offense is Zay Jones. The guy has an enormous floor, in my opinion, moving forward. Nine, four, and 11 targets across his first few weeks. That's a 25, 13, and 30% share. 24.5 fantasy points, as we just mentioned, in week three. Remember, all training camp, the buzz was him and Lawrence were playing on another level. That kinetic type of connection that just very few receivers and quarterbacks have. You kept reading those reports on them. We're seeing it come to fruition Lawrence seems to look to Zay Jones on those breakdown plays. Of course, Kirk is thriving, particularly as a touchdown score. He's the number one here. But Zay Jones, in terms of target share, is only a few targets below him right now. Uh, that is Christian Kirk. And he's thriving. I mean, he's a coach. Every coach seems to love this guy whenever they have him. And for what it is worse, yes, he busted early on in his career. He seems to just make play after play after play, whether it was with the Raiders last year, uh, now with the Jags this year. He is absolutely cooking. I'm a big believer in him after he led again. Targets per route run, 34.4%. The guy is just going to crush it in that half or, or full PPR leagues. A great play. Uh, played 58 of 76 snaps below only Christian Kirk. Uh, just, a, again, 11 team high, 11 target share. Can't say enough good things about Zay Jones and what he did on Sunday, what he's been doing this year. And out, out of all these people I've listed so far, there's a very good chance he's out there. I think he can be a very steady flex wide receiver three throughout the season, given how good this Jags offense looks. My doubt was, could Trevor Lawrence truly sustain multiple weapons? The answer is clearly yes. Five different weapons from the Jags had 10 or more fantasy points this last week. I, I, I My eyes are bulging out of my head probably right now. I can't believe it either. But yes, Say Jones is a crucial part of one of the burgeoning offenses in the NFL right now. If you have the room to be more patient. So Zay Jones, you need someone to start right now, a great bid. But if you need somebody to play, uh, you can stash, have a little patience with. Traylon Burks just feels like he's on the precipice of a breakout. So we've seen a kind of alternating important stats. We need these to come into alignment, and the guy is going to be golden. Last week, ramped up all the way to a full complement of routes. 97% according to Dwayne McFarland, the utilization report, one of my favorite weekly reads. Uh, 97% route rate. That is a full-time receiver here. Now, weirdly, the first two weeks, he saw five and six targets, only saw one when he was playing a full-time role. So we now need that kind of target share. I mean, he was about 40% 
targets per route over those first two weeks. If he can somehow get to there but now maintain a 97% route run, that's when we're going to blow up. Because when he's gotten the ball, he's made plays. He got tackled right on the one-yard line. Looks so close to banging it on in there. Looks dangerous after the catch. Deep down the field, he's boasting an impressive 2.02 yards per route run, 23% targets per route run. Both are a team high on the Tech Titans. Woods, yeah, he's had a couple okay days, but he doesn't look nearly like himself. So I really think the breakout is coming for Traylon Burks. I wouldn't trust him quite yet in my lineups, but he is getting real close, looking very, very solid. Now, before we get to the rest of my top 10 pickups and your defensive streamers, I do want to talk about our presenting sponsor real quick for a minute, No House Advantage. They are changing the game, No House Advantage is, by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play in pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning 250 k plus in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 extra entry if you hit all of your picks. Our One of our big listeners, Mr. Chillard out there, Scott Willard, has already done two nights in a row, Thursday, then Sunday. Five entries correct, won over a thousand bucks, put 50, you know, 20 in. Unbelievable. Keep it up, Willard. Uh, absolutely dominating this, putting $25 bets and turning them into 500 bucks. He's dominating. The lines are great there. You can also do other sports, though. Bet on up to five player props or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with promo code RSJ at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app on the app stores to get your first deposit matched up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today. Experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. I promise you don't. Those tournaments are about half full. Huge prizes up for grabs. Check out No House Advantage, our presenting sponsor for September today. Moving on now to Yet another receiver. As you can tell, that's the trend this week. Not, not a lot of good running backs in general in the league right now. Never mind on your waiver wire. So we're looking for some actual usability. Isaiah McKenzie brings that. 41% rostered. He saw nine targets. Season high for him. Seven catches, 76 yards, and a score. By you know second most productive game for his career. We also saw you know last year when he had like a 14 target, 12 catch day against my beloved Patriots. So we know he can be a target hog. It's great to see that reemerge for a, a whopping 21 fantasy points in week three. Now, the reason he's not higher on this list, because any piece of this Bills offense should be getting huge consideration, right? Well, he was on the field for only 55%, Isaiah McKenzie, of Josh Allen's dropbacks. Comparatively, Gabe Davis saw 96% route participation, but only had an 11% target share. So uh, he's splitting time still with Jamison Crowder, and that's the rub. He got 100% of the no-huddle, two-minute drill. So definitely there's certain packages where Isaiah McKenzie is the guy, and he gets really looked at heavily when they're in that no-huddle, the short-intermediate range. He's carving up defenses. I imagine that's going to keep boosting his role a bit, but still in a timeshare right now with Jamison Crowder. He's going to need either an injury to somebody ahead of him or to really fully separate until you can trust him each and every week. But definitely a piece, a very viable piece of a very explosive offense right now. Now, someone's going to have to step up for the New York Giants. I can't pretend to know who it is, given how deep into the doghouse Kenny Galladay is, Kadarius Tony is. I don't even know if Darius Slayton still exists. But Sterling Shepard's leaving a massive vacated target hole here after he unfortunately tore his ACL. Prayers up to the guy. 
comes back from a torn Achilles, looks great, and then gets bit by the turf monster. If any of you saw the video, just sucks. I, I feel for Shepard. He's such a hard-nosed player. Love the guy. True professional. It just sucks. So, and the, uh, just blows. But 10 targets in back-to-back weeks are now vacated. Again, 29% target share of the Giants so far on the season. That's a massive workload that somebody's going to have to step up and inherit. My guess is it's Tony. I mean, you look at the guy, the few snaps he's been on the field, he's made insane plays. Dating back to last year, elite, like 95th percentile in terms of rookie season yards per route run, uh, target share per route run. Some of those predictive metrics that that usually point to a massive breakout. Unfortunately, those stars have not aligned because he hasn't been used. He's been out either hurt or he's been in the coach's doghouse. But at this point, they might have no choice but to use Tony. I think anybody with eyeballs sees the guy is very talented. This team definitely beyond Saquon is starved for playmakers. So I think this could be the the one move that Tony needed to now get back into the lineup, show what he's made of. And even if not, maybe there's a small chance that he gets traded. Imagine him with the Packers. Imagine him on one of these teams that clearly needs a weapon. I think Tony's a great player. I just, this could be it. This could be the thing. You don't find talent like that. Again, 95th to 99th percentile of some of the most predictive metrics as a rookie. That's not usually available on your waiver wire. It deserved to be there given how minimally he was being used. But at this point, I don't think the Giants have any other option. Now, if it's not him, maybe it's Richie James, 4% rostered. Maybe it's Wandale Robinson, the rookie that was very highly touted, the quote-unquote MVP of Giants training camp. This preseason, maybe one of those two steps up instead. We know James will actually have the role. He has now seen uh, through his two out of three weeks, 10 or more PPR points in two of three of them. He's got 14 receptions on the season. That's a team high. He last week, you know, five targets was his low of the season. Otherwise, he has five, five, and four catches. So, you know, low ceiling, but there's a floor here with Richie James regardless of who else steps up in Shepard's absence. So that's a guy you could look to for some PPR potential goods. But I think, Tony, if you're looking for the ceiling, you want to find some upside on your waiver wire, he certainly has it. You need a tight end? How about the number three tight end in fantasy points this year? Tyler Conklin, only 22% rostered, despite being a monster behind only Kelsey and Mark Andrews in fantasy points per game so far. This year, just ahead of Zach Ertz, who's in the number four spot. Another big outing for the guy. Eight catches on his eight targets, 84 yards. I mean, the guy, some of these stats are just insane. The only tight end so far, according to PFF, 200 offensive snaps, by far the highest among tight ends. 141 route runs are 25 more than the next closest player at the position. He's seen at least five targets in every single game. He's not all that sexy, but again, tight end 11, tight end 16, tight end 5 throughout his three weeks, seven, nine, and eight targets across those three weeks. That's some bankable volume you just cannot typically find at tight end in general, but especially at your waiver wire tight end pieces. So over a guy like Everett, over a guy like Tunyon, who touchdown or bust type of options, I think you got yourself a study role. The one question here, of course, is how is he going to fare with Zach Wilson? That's a big question for Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, everybody in this offense. What's going to happen this week when Zach Wilson makes his return? I don't know that I feel particularly good about it. I don't think this team is going to throw it over 50 times a game like they have been with Flacco, which is mind-numbing in its own right. 
still, what if he unlocks it? Maybe Wilson, that cannon arm, comes out and just starts slinging. I think there's about a, a 6% chance of that compared to about a 90% chance he just sucks. But either way, he did love targeting his tight ends last year. So I think Tyler Conklin in a great wool uh, for the rest of the year. And now rounding out my list here for the waiver wire is somebody you probably haven't heard many talk about. Is That's Jarek McKinnon, only 7% rostered. Quietly on the season, he has outsnapped Clyde Edwards-Alaire in every single game. So he's been on the field more than any other Chiefs running back. Last week, 52% of the snaps compared to 39% for CEH. He actually saw more carries than Clyde Edwards-Alaire. 41% of the rushes went to McKinnon compared to 35% for CEH. And he also ran more routes, McKinnon. 47% of routes compared to 36% of routes for CEH. Now, you got to command targets if you're running routes. We don't get points for routes. And CEH did see a 17% target share, hauled in a touchdown. He's the one scoring, being efficient. I get it. But to me, as everybody in fantasy seems to be saying, is CEH seems like a massive regression candidate, whereas McKinnon finds the end zone a couple more times. We're talking about a guy that would be 50% rostered. Seems like the clear-cut handcuff as well, playing very much ahead of Isaiah Pacheco right now, who's more rostered than Jarek McKinnon in certain leagues. So in terms of handcuff with benefits and a very thin and shallow running back pool, I think Jarek McKinnon should be far higher rostered than the 7% we're seeing right now in Yahoo. Now to shout out a few honorable mentions, Matt Collins. I mean, you got to at least applaud the eight catches, 158 yards and a score on 10 targets this last week for a guy that's only 3% rostered right now. It is back-to-back weeks for Matt Collins leading this team in receiving yardage. So, Yes, he did it without Renfro this week, but the week before he led the team in yardage and Renfro was there the whole game. Uh, So I don't necessarily agree that this is a complete and utter fluke. A lot of people calling him the fool's gold of the week. Still, though, you've got Waller when Renfro's healthy and, of course, Devontae Adams, a walking, breathing vacuum of the ball. So I don't think this is going to be steady and consistent. But in, like, late stab best ball resurrection leagues, things of that nature, I think he could do some damage. I don't think he's a nobody. He's been a nobody his whole career, but it seems to me that that Josh McDaniels really wants to make a role for him. Derek Carr seems to love throwing to him, and some of the catches he's making are just big boy plays. I mean, the guy is flash in his opportunities, and none more so than this week that really the, the first time he's ever seen 10 targets like this. Uh, he never had more than 72 yards in a game, but maybe he just needed the opportunity. So I will not just cross him out in deeper leagues. Definitely get a look to Matt Collins, George Pickens, obviously underwhelming so far to start the year, but you see the talent. I mean, who that one catch (laughs) is all you really need to see that this guy is next level. And I I do think it's going to take a a turnover to Kenny Pickens, but Kenny Pickett rather, I think in my gut, and I don't know why that Pickens is going to be a league winner down the stretch. I think him and Pickett are going to have an insane connection and that's going to just unlock this, insane duo so if you have the patience you know between him and Burks it's a gut call but if you have some patience to stash this guy we know Deontay Johnson will remain that number one that's just the role in this Mike Tomlin offense but I think we're due for an explosion with George Pickens if and when Kenny Pickett takes over I could see him being an absolute stretch run monster I mean average up the targets right around 15 right now there's upside here I do also want to shout out Rondale Moore. Now, I don't know if Greg Dortch will remain that number one slot guy that he's been these last few weeks. I think it goes to Rondale Moore, who's getting huge hype from Cliff Kingsbury all preseason. 
Dorch has seen nine, four, and now 10 targets through his three weeks. He's got 55-plus yards in every single week. He scored at least 13 points, Craig Dorch, in every single week for fantasy. 13, 15 and a half, and 17 PPR fantasy points. I don't know if he'll just hand the roll right over to Rondell Moore, and he's instantly a full-time starter in the slot and just takes it over. But theoretically, he should. Moore is a better on-paper talent, a hyped-up guy again all preseason. So that's a guy at 17% rostered. I would scoop up and see what he does. The last guy I want to shout out is Devontae Parker after a monster 156-yard, uh, five-catch day, 10 targets. Some just insane big boy catches for Devontae Parker. But I'm not sprinting up to get him with Mac Jones likely banged up for at least three to four weeks. I don't trust anybody. Uh, let's see what happens with Warriors. So, again, if you have bench trash space, like see what happens with Parker, I guess. But I'd rather reserve that spot for like a – Jalen Warren or a, a handcuff that could really pan out. I don't think you have to start Parker uh, or pick up Parker. And last one, Alec Pierce, I, just a guy in my gut I think is going to really emerge. And I think we're starting to see the signs. 61 yards, three catches, five targets, and that week three win. I mean, Paris Campbell was out there for 58 of the 67 snaps and did absolutely nothing, commanded two targets. Commanding targets is a skill. Pierce saw three more targets than Paris Campbell on nearly half the routes run. <laughs> I mean, he, he's just a much better player. I think his role continues to elevate. Now, last thing before I get to all your questions is your defensive streamers of the week. So before we hit those, again, that thumbs up button. I know I'm a little slut for it, but it does truly help us out. Get to more people, that thumbs up button, YouTube, Facebook. Uh, if you're on Twitter, that quick heart button, retweet, shares, all that good stuff. It's just so crucial as we're, again, a new, new, young, upstart fantasy site. Your help can mean the world. Let's now move into our defensive streamers of the week. Now, first check for the Steelers, 58% rostered. They're going to be home versus pathetic Zach Wilson. I do want to make sure to hit some caution here, though. Like, don't go blow 10 bucks to get him because you see Steelers, home, Zach Wilson. Because without TJ Watt, they've scored just three and two fantasy points since losing them. They get Buffalo next week, so it would be a one-week thing at most. I, I still think they're the number one out there in, in nearly half of leagues, though, defense. If you can just kind of slide in for a dollar or maybe even just slide in for zero. I like the Steelers. How can you not? Zach Wilson was somebody we wanted to target all last year. They've given up a ton of sacks, too. The Jets suck. But if he's gone, I love the Minnesota Vikings. They've had, you know, pretty solid numbers so far this season. 12 points, 7 points, one two-point effort. And that was facing some pretty good offenses. They head to London to now face off with Jameis Winston and the Saints, who have given up the most, and it's by like a country mile at this point, points to fantasy defenses. And back-to-back week, 16 points to the Panthers, 26 points to Tampa Bay. So again, 12-7-2 for Minnesota as they face some quality offenses. I think this, you know, could be a sneaky big play at only 19% rostered. I could see a 15-point day coming out of Minnesota as they play that London game uh, this this weekend. You get something to cheer for, too, at 9.30 football. Now, if you miss out on them, I like the Dolphins at only 15% rostered. They've had four sacks and a takeaway against the Bills, one of the best offenses in the league, seven fantasy points against them. They put up over 20 fantasy points against a shitty Patriots team. Now, the Bengals have a good offense, no doubt about that. They're coming out in those Bengals whites. I get that too. A little scary. But they've also given up a league high 15 sacks. 
So the Bengals defense, yes, they'll put up some points that offense will, but they're also going to give up some sacks. Again, the most in the league. They've allowed the third most points to fantasy defenses on the year. I think the Dolphins, you know, they face the, the Ravens and the Buffalo Bills, two of the highest scoring, two of the top three attacks in the NFL right now. And they came out like with okay fantasy stats so far, other than that, that Ravens game. So this could be an opportunity for the Dolphins to really go in and get after it. Now, if you miss out on those guys, another highly available team is the New York Giants facing Chicago. They're dead last in the league. I cannot believe this is an actual stat. 78.3 passing yards per game. (laughs) Pathetic. Now, that kind of hurts fantasy defenses in a way because you want that air under the ball to be able to pick it, to make some plays with the ball in your hands now. So that is tough. And if they're good, I mean, the Bears are a good running team. And without Leonard Williams last week, we saw the Giants get gashed for over 178 yards from Zeke and Pollard. So Leonard Williams coming back would be enormous to me feeling comfortable using the Giants because I feel good about their pass rush. I like their secondary. I think we're due for a couple picks again from uh, you know, Justin Fields. We just saw Houston put up a double-digit fantasy points today, uh, getting to him quite often. Or nine points, okay, close to 10. But still, uh, they are dead last in the NFL with 265 total yards a game. And again, 78.3 passing yards. Uh, So if we have Leonard here, I think this would be a great spot to fire up your Giants. And the last D-streamer I want to shout out here is a Colts team that just shut down Pat Mahomes. You're getting a Titans team that's given up the eighth most fantasy points to defenses now. Uh, 26 in the league in total offense, 22nd in scoring. Not a good high-powered attack. They seem to find their groove a little bit this last week. But if the Colts can really put the clamps on Pat Mahomes for a solid half of football, I think they could absolutely shut down Tannehill and this just a mediocre Titans team. There's also a chance Darius Shaq, whatever his name is, Leonard comes back. So they did this you know, solid defensive performances without Leonard. I think this could be a nice week to fire them up if you're looking for a streamer. Wolfpack, that wraps up my top 10 waiver wire picks, my defensive streamers, of course, our sponsor, No House Advantage as well. Thank you guys so much for being here. Let's hit your questions. And as we do that, thumbs up button. Kevin Rice, so sorry I missed this one. As I often sound like an a-hole when I say this, the $2 Super Chats, for whatever reason, don't pop up. Uh, it's like when it's five or more, I laugh and chuckle as I say it because I know I come off horrible. But for whatever reason, the StreamYard thing like gives us a big notification when anything over five bucks pops up. Anything under it, it does not. So my bad. I would have got to this right away. Uh, so we'll hit your super chat. we got some Collins as well. Then all the rest of your questions. So get them on in here. For Kevin Rice, am I trading Kamara for Eckler straight up? It's a really tough question, Kevin Rice. I'll weigh out both sides of things for you. And then, and hopefully it helps you make your decision. Now, I would say I have way more faith in the Chargers offense. So that makes me lean Eckler. But then you look at the role here. And Eckler outcarried last week. Didn't even play all of the third down and distance work either. I'm really worried about his role. Like there's one, no way he's even sniffing the 20 touchdowns he saw last year. He's not seeing nearly any of the short down and distance work, including goal line stuff. I hope it flips. I mean, they just lost to the Jag, so maybe it's a wake-up call. Like, let's give our guy the, the work he deserves. Let's get our offense back into gear. Eckler's still a beast. Every time he touches the ball, he's looking all right. So I think I prefer Eckler here. 
but I would be hesitant to say, I, I think Kamar has the stronger role, you know, more work coming his way, but he's also getting vultured by Mark Ingram and you know, fumbling and just not looking great. So if it's one or the other for me, it's Eckler. Uh, so yes, I would tr- do this trade straight up. I don't know that I love either though, but yes, if, if that's one versus the other, I bet on the Chargers offense. And then I'm hopefully realizing how much better they are not wasting any carries on the useless shit asses of Josh Kelly and Sony Michelle. So I'm going to take that deal. Kevin Rice. Now our next call in Campanelli, keeping the streak alive, my man. What's going on, brother? It's all about the streak, Wolf. We got to keep it all year. I love um, it. So I hope you're looking a lot better than Sunday. So I'm Thank you. Coming, I'm coming back, baby. Bouncing back big time. There we go. At least you're not Chris Sims and had it explode on the field. No, exactly. <laughs> but uh, I'm in a standard league. And yes. I'm kind of in panic mode at one and two. Um, and I have Allen Robinson, Ugh. Alan Lazard, and uh, Dotson at wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. Um, are any of these – any of those three worth dropping to pick up the current guys like Zay Jones or like I'm almost out on a Rob at this point, but I I'm think just I am the, too. are I the other A-Rob- two guys worth dropping as well to play for the potential of what's happening or like a Dobbs over Lazard now? I, if, if Dobbs is out there, I would a hundred percent go after him. I think he can take over that role. I'd rather have him Lazard than Lazard, but honestly, I'm not opposed to you dropping a Rob either. I think it sends a great roster message. Your bench gets that, you know, knows no one's safe that you're one and two for a reason. It's pieces of shit like Allen Robinson, who I, I still, it, it blows my mind how bad he's been. I, I was so locked in on him. So I apologies to you, David, apologies <laughs> to everybody out there who drafted Allen Robinson on my behest. I cannot believe how bad he is, but they've tried to force feed him some looks and he drops it in the red zone. And, they're, they're trying to make it happen. It's costing them valuable points when they do. You can see the frustration on Stafford's face every time he goes to him and he just doesn't come up with it. I, I'm ready to be done with it. So I, I think it can send a good message. I have no qualms cutting. I'd keep Dotson. I think Dotson has the chance to evolve as the season goes. He's already had two big games. He's the of the three, my, my preferred option, which is just crazy to think. Um, if you're going for dubs, yeah, there's no reason to have Lazard and dubs. It seems like Lazard's clearly like capped at his eight to nine points. Um, so I, I think both him and Lazard are definitely uh, Lazard and a Rob can be cut dubs being the first choice. Zay Jones in a standard is a little less appealing because he does so much of it just as dink and dunk. So maybe right. you hold on for a Rob and just hope like they can finally get it going. Cause there is touchdown equity there, but if you want to send the message to the locker room, David, you have my blessing. Like I, <laughs> no reason you have to hold on to that piece of shit at this point. No, I, I appreciate it, Wolf. And just uh, keep up the great work. I'm looking forward to Thursday. So Hell yeah. We got some I'm excited starts. to be back on Thursday, too, with the truth, baby. Should be a good show. Thanks That's for the call in, my man. Have a good one, Wolf. <laughs> you as well, David. Thanks again, as always. Um, all righty, Denny Jennings, another Wolfpack legend on back here. Uh, what's going on, man? Great to see you. What's Tua's situation? Looks like he's a bit banged up and could miss this week. It's Thursday. It's a short week. <laughs> So you have to have a backup plan to QB league. I don't hate Geno Smith. I think he's had, what, 18 points in three or four weeks. He actually looks kind of good. I know that's gross to say, but, yeah, in a two QB league, that's one of the few times that you'd actually end up using him. So I think you can go to it. Now, I'd love to know who else is out there because he's going to be – if you check my rankings, I think he's like 25. 
So, you know, is Mariota out there? Is, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd rather have Gino than like Trubisky type of thing. So, let me know what other options are there. Of course, like Jared Goff, but in 2QB, he's probably not there. So, he's viable. He's absolutely viable as a backup. I'd rather play Gino than go to like Teddy Bridgewater. I know Bridgewater would have these great weapons, but he came in and like threw a bay. It just doesn't look great. So, I, yeah, it's, it's viable. It's viable uh, for sure, Denny. So, let me know what else you could potentially go to. Romeo D or Chris Olave for 10 UN. It's Olave times a thousand. And I'm very high on Romeo D, as you said, number two pickup of the week. But if Olave's out there, I would pay every last drop of my waiver wire fab, number one waiver claim, whatever it takes to get him, I would do. I think that guy's a locked in top 24 receiver the rest of the year with genuine wide receiver one upside. Like the role is just insane. If you missed it, TN, rewind to the top and where I preached about him as your first check, because I am just all in on Chris Olave. What an absolute stud. Jack, what's going on? Thank you so much for your kind words. I'm happy to be back for sure. Russell Kaiser, thoughts on Ramondre Stevenson? I mean, if he's out there in a league, yes. This week was a huge upgrade for the guy. Participated in nearly 70% of the routes, played on you know 60% of the carries, over 40% for Damian Harris. I mean, it was a low-end RB1 usage role for a guy that when he gets work, performs as a high-end RB1. I mean, he is one of the most efficient receivers and rushers dating back to last year that we've seen in a while. Ramondre is a beast. Now, I'm a little worried about Mac Jones not being there, what it means for the offense, but it probably means at least more volume for the running back position. Maybe the efficiency takes a little bit of a hit without Mac there, but yeah, I would 100%. Like I didn't even think he'd be out there in leagues. So if Olave's out there, I'd prioritize him. If Jamal Williams is out there, him and Ramondre are like an boss up. But yes, 100% going on, uh, going in on Stevens. And as you say, I do think they could lean on the one for sure. Is Dubs worth the number one claim, especially if Olave, uh, Herbert, and um, Jamal Williams are gone? Then yeah, if you need a wide receiver, Ben, there's every bit of a chance this guy could emerge as Rodgers' number one for the rest of the year. You don't need me to spell out why that has like actual top 15 upside every single one of his number ones yes most of those have been like jordy nelson or or uh i mean divide adams the last couple of years but many many top 12 seasons for his number ones and dubs clearly brings the most alpha upside in my opinion uh the one time he's been used he's thrived i really like it if i can't grow up Olave or dubs definitely those two first who would i prefer between zay jones tyler boyd or gallup no Robbie Anderson. No, drop, drop him. He's useless. I want nothing to do with a Baker Mayfield attack, Robert Moreno. This all depends on what you need. Gallup, if you just want some patience, you want a stash, you want a guy that down your stretch is probably going to be posting top 26 receiver numbers. But if you need someone to start tomorrow, you need somebody this week, Zay Jones is the guy you can use right off the bat. Boyd, yes, broken tackle, had a nice play. I think he's kind of a handcuff like with benefits type of receiver that I do like. But I would rank them Gallup, Zay, Boyd, myself, um, unless you need the immediate usage of Zay Jones, then I flip him there. But absolutely Olave and Dubs ahead of them. Uh, and Russell Kaiser agreeing with me, Gallup at the top there. And Denny Jennings second there. So the Wolfpack has abided. <laughs> we all agree here. Credit CJ's brain for calling the Jags and Lawrence's ascension in the preseason. Small brain, but every now and again, it's got flashes of brilliance in there, CJ. That's true. You did call them. Uh, and I, I didn't hate the call. I have I I need to get Lawrence back on some squads because I cut him early and I and that was dumb. 
Dropping MBS for ZJ, absolutely. MG, MBS, no reason to hold on to that guy. 100% uh, for Zay. Which tight end rest of the season? Conklin, Everton, Njoku. I go Conklin. I, I wish, and I don't know how short your bench is, Clay, that you could have Njoku and Conklin. Because I'd love to see how Conklin looks with Zach Wilson. That's a big if right now for everybody in that offense, including Conklin. But in terms of the role and how he's been schemed so far, I mean, he is the most, one of the most valuable tight ends in fantasy. Again, the tight end three in fantasy right now. Whereas Njoku, as a talent, by far the best on this list. We saw when he got used this week, blew up. But then at, right after the game, Stefanski, it's matchup dependent. We're not going to always use him. Some days he's going to be blocking his butt off, blah, 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 blah. I hate that shit. Whereas you know Conklin each and every week is just getting you targets and targets and targets. What's up, Bulldog? Drop Rashad White or Daryl Henderson for Brian Robinson? I don't know that I drop either, although Henderson is kind of like if, – if Cam Akers is going to now be mixing in this much, what's his value? I could see another fumble from Akers leading to like the Henderson show again though. And Robinson is, is a big toss-up, was potentially starting, but it's going to be a three. I, I think I keep both those guys. Rashad White's too valuable of a handcuff. I can't get rid of him. And Henderson, I'd like to see what continues to happen there. Now, can you pick up Robinson, put him in your IR, and then scoop one of those guys back? <laughs> Drop Eli Moore for dubs. Bulldog, brutal question. I have Eli Moore in my main league, and if dubs was out there, I'd probably do it. I think a lot of sharp people are on the buy low on Eli Moore. Like he's looked good. He's gotten open and he's just been like Garrett Wilson's commanded more targets, but we were hopeful of a Joe Flacco takeover. And when it happened, it did not benefit Eli Moore at all. So now our only hope is Zach Wilson can resurrect Eli Moore. It's kind of ironic in that sense. And maybe he can, they had a great report throughout camp and all that stuff. Gun to my head. Who do I rather have the rest of the year? It's dubs. So Take that for what it is, yeah. Goff to a Lawrence or Mariota this week to stream. I I really like Goff. Trevor Lawrence, like, that's a good set. You know what, though, Tua, if he's playing, it's Tua. Because I think Tua is not even just a streamer. It's like you, you got yourself a locked-in top-10 quarterback the rest of the year. I think Lawrence is the next most stable guy there. It's a good secondary. This is going to be a great test. I can't wait for that game. Eagles, Eagles, Jags, you would have thought that's like your premier television. Uh, for Sunday coming up, but that could be a, a shootout. That's going to be a great one to see. Like, is this Lord, is this Trevor Lawrence and Jags team for real? Um, it, it's Tua for me, assuming he's playing, but that's a big jump given the, the short week here and how he looked. So, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Tua first, then Lawrence, and then Goff. But I like all those options, Greg. I really do. Again, we'll back that thumbs up button. YouTube, Facebook, wherever you're at, is so appreciated. Gets us out to more people. Thank you again so much. You trust in mixing? Yeah, I am. I think a lot of the P. Ryan action, I mean, it, it, we'll have to track this, Daniel, and you know we'll be ready on your Thursday night show. I don't think he, it's going to be, if he's active, they're going to use him. That's typically how it's gone. Uh, so I'm trusting him. I think a lot of the P. Ryan action late in the game wasn't necessarily injury-wise, just they already had the game in hand. Why, why expose him in that case? Um. Trades for I can't. There's I, I'm reading your team chase and then that saying like who should you trade for? I don't know. Check our trade value chart though on the website rotorystreetjournal.com. Like let me know who you're looking at. Like it's much easier to be like should I trade X Y for X Y? You know 
like that's much easier to answer than giving me your roster than asking me who to trade for. <laughs> Welcome to the show. I'm happy you're here, but check our trade value chart for buy low, sell high candidates, um, all that good stuff. But yeah, I, I, there's no question there. I can't, I can't answer that. Etienne or Stevenson. I'd rather have Stevenson. Um, now this could be the Etienne week because it's the, the negative, the game script they are going to be down throwing. But after the week we just saw Stevenson have, I, I want him in my lineups everywhere. Start them both. I don't love that, but <laughs> I I guess you could. You could. And then, yeah, I think Rams defense is fine given the 49ers just – Jimmy G gave up 16 fantasy points to the uh, Denver Broncos last Monday night – or Sunday night, rather. I could see that. So I, I don't love streaming them both. Um, I don't – I think you get Jacobs and Stevenson in there. It, it's kind of ugly. Because what that offense is just awful without Mac, and neither running back do anything, you know? Stafford makes you want to puke. There's not out there besides Goff, T-Law, and some other bums. Lawrence plays Philly. Goff could be without Amon. I think you go Stafford, but T-Law, like, against Philly doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing. It's a good secondary, but if they're good, like, that's going to be a shootout atmosphere. So I do go Stafford. Uh, It's not – your guy is T-Law, though, CJ. You could do it. Confident enough in Conklin to drop Everett or if possible, would you prefer to keep Everett stash as a plan B? I am. I just don't think with Keenan Allen back with Parham on the, the mend, I know Everett had a couple good weeks in a row. I, I don't think he was very sustainable. I think he's the fourth to fifth at best in this offense. So Conklin might be like the two. So yeah, I would do it. Don't come off bad, man. No worries. I don't know what that's referenced to, but thank you. I appreciate your kind words. ML. I'm not sure what I said there, but uh, cheers. I dropped the Colts D for Chargers. Oh, my God. I got a negative four, and it cost me a game, Robert. cost me a game. I lost by one point, negative four from these freaking Chargers. No way I'm going back to them. Maybe that's just me being spited and stupid and Houston Shore, a decent matchup to target, but screw that. I'm not going back. Did you trade away Mike Evans, Gibson, and Judy for Jamar Chase and Pollard? Uh, I think I do chase Brown. I think I do. Because I think Gibson's the with Brian Robinson on the verge back. I think he's about to a pumpkin's about to come in for them. I'm good wide receiver. Would you consider trading DK for either Pollard or Harris? Eh, I don't know. Neither move the needle enough for me. Even though I don't love uh, DK, that sends a great message to your team. I'm glad it uh, glad I gave you a chuckle, ML. Uh, running backs, yeah, I don't know. Trubisky, Rush, Hoyer are the only QBs available. That's pretty hideous. So, yeah, you're going to go Geno there, in my opinion. Yet, oh, absolutely, yes, Singh. I would drop Mooney for anybody at this point. I don't think he has to be rostered, and especially Amari Cooper. Back-to-back 20-point days? How is he on your waiver wire? Rush, sprint, do that now. Bid what you have to. Amari Cooper has proven me wrong. He's really thrived even with Jacoby Brissett. Second flex spot, half PPR, tight end premium. One PPR, everybody else. Stevenson, CEH, Conklin, or Mass. I'm going uh, CEH there. He's been too good. Uh, Ramondre is close up, though. But, yeah, I'm going CEH. He just keeps getting it done. The running back four in fantasy, I can't bench him yet, even if the usage isn't great. Uh, I'd go CEH, then Ramondre. Obviously, if if Conklin is – I mean, if Cook is, is out, you're playing Madison. Like, there's no doubt about it. But it looks like he's going to play. How would you rank those? Yeah, so – CEH, Ramondre, then Conklin, then Madison, assuming that Cook is playing. But Madison's number one if he's out. 
Uh, yeah, you're going Gino there. Wolf, what's going on? DJ Johnson, good to see you. I rank them Pitt and then Philly. No way I'm going back to the Chargers after last week, ever. Never trusting them again. I would, I'd rather have Njoku than Everett, yes. David. Uh, Kirk and Jamal for Pittman and McKenzie. I, that's a tough one. I think I prefer the Kirk and Jamal side, though. Um, McKenzie's, I, I don't know that you'll ever be able to trust. So I I don't think Pittman and Kirk are that far off. Schultz, do you dr- grab Njoku and drop Schultz? Nah, I'd keep Schultz. I think once Dak's back, you got yourself a top five, 10 in the rest of the year. Ramsey is going to eat Jimmy G alive. Yeah, is Trent Williams out? So even better. So yeah, DJ, that's a really good point. Uh, last two here. I have both Swift and St. Brown who are both injured for Sarah Riley. Should I drop Pollard? Uh, for Jamal Williams, Kay Herbert, or Alexander Madison. Um, yeah, I drop him for Williams, especially if you're going to need to plug him in there. Um, yeah, I would. And I love Pollard, though. So I don't know if there's anyone else you could drop instead. Pollard looks really good and obviously will be even more valuable when Dak's back. But yeah, I would. Would be a good tra- trade for Tua. I, it, it all depends on the league and who's moving. Check out the trade value chart, Drew. On the website, it's the best advice I can give you. A uh, great, phenomenal trade value chart by Jackson Barrett. One of the, you know, should not be free with how good it is. So that will give you more information than I could just try to like hypothetically guess uh, to, to what will give it to you. But I think he's worth like a, you know, Ramondre type of level player, I guess. Thank you, Denny. See you definitely on Thirsty Thursday. Hoping to put a few back. I definitely need some after that hospital stay. I've been sober since then. Uh, and I think. Thursday will be a good night to break that. <laughs> so I can't wait to see you, my man. Uh, the call-ins are definitely on YouTube, but I think we should be able to get the link onto Facebook as well for the future. Would love to have you back on the, the, uh, the stream. But awesome, guys. Thank you again so much for being here. Uh, we greatly appreciate your support on your way out. That thumbs up button does mean the world. If I'm me at Rose Street Wolf and all our content at RoseStreetJournal.com, we breed and feed you fancy wolves. As many of you alluded to, I'll be live next on Thursday, 6.45 p.m. with the truth to kick off Thursday night football. It's a good one too. Miami versus the Bengals. We'll see you all then. Thanks so much again for being here, Wolfpack, in a world full of fantasy sheep. In a world full of fantasy sheep. Let's articulate here, Wolf. The appendix, I have my articulations off. <laughs> in a world full of fantasy sheep. Be the wolf. See you guys later. Thanks again. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd And take our final bow Oh, it's our time to go But at least we stole the show 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 Old-fashioned football right there, folks.